Hello, everybody. Welcome to another PR Masters podcast series brought to you by the Stevens Group. In case you don't already know who the Stevens Group is, we're one of the leading mergers and acquisitions firms in the PR and digital interactive space. I'm Art Stevens, managing partner of the Stevens Group and your host for today. The PR Masters podcast series features luminaries and legends in the world of public relations. Our guest today is an old friend and a dear friend, Ken Mikofsky. And Ken is president of Mikofsky, one of the leading global independent integrated communications firms and one of the largest independents in New York City. Ken's company was founded in 1979 and is headquartered in New York with divisions in financial, professional services, health, technology, energy, and digital innovation. Ken has been named top business-to-business counselor in the public relations industry. He's been named a PR All-Star, PR Professional of the Year, PR Executive of the Year, and PR Blogger of the Year. He was selected to receive the Sabre Individual Achievement Award, New York PRSA's John Hill Award for Outstanding Achievement, and he was named Communications Executive of the Year by the American Business Awards. Ken was also selected as one of the top 10 CEO bloggers in the country by Chief Executive Magazine. Ken's blog, My Three Cents, was carried for five years by Forbes, and it was also carried by Business Week and various industry publications. Ken's articles have been published by leading magazines, and he has addressed business organizations and universities. Ken is the founder and past president of IPREX, the second largest global corporation of independent public relations firms in 56 cities and 32 countries. He's also a member of the College of Fellows, the honorary organization of the Public Relations Society of America. He's a member of the Arthur W. Page Society, a public relations leadership organization. And he's former co-chairman of the board of the Institute for Public Relations Firms the advisory committee of the Newhouse School of Communications. He's also a member of the Postgraduate Center for Mental Health. Actually, he's a member of the Board of Trustees. And he's former president of the Washington University Alumni Club in New York, and he's currently a member of the university's National Council for Arts and Sciences. Well, you have quite a pedigree there, my good friend Ken. You have obviously enjoyed your career, and your firm has been most successful and I welcome you to PR Masters podcast series. How are you today, Ken? I'm great, and I thank you very much for all those nice things you said about me. I'm really quite flattered, but I have to tell you it's a passion of love for the field. Oh, I know that. I know how much you enjoy and value you know, your role in the public relations profession and the contributions you have made to our esteemed profession. That is why today you are a PR master, and I'm delighted to be having this conversation with you, Ken. So let me start by asking you this question, Ken. Your career has spanned both working for other agencies along the way, and then you started your own highly successful practice. Can you describe for our listeners the steps that, you, that took place for you to become founder and CEO of Mikofsky? 
Sure. Well, step one in my road to entrepreneurism was when I was president of my social fraternity at Washington University. It was one of the uh, largest houses on campus, and I discovered once I was elected president of the house that the house was on the verge of bankruptcy. Suddenly, I had a really challenging job on my hands to turn the finances of this organization around so that it sustained its position on campus, and I worked very closely with the Dean of Students. After that experience, which we, was a indeed very successful turnaround, and we put the fraternity back on firm footing, I found this experience really stimulated, and at that point, I decided I wanted to run my own company one day. Um, how did the public relations dimension come to part, come to uh, fruition? Was I had my own column in the student newspaper at Washington University, and after a year of writing that column, uh, found out that I won first prize in column writing in a national competition held by the University of Missouri School of Journalism for student newspapers. I then went to law school and became editor-in-chief of the law school newspaper, but I was bored with law. So I uh, started looking for other fields, and uh, Al Fleischman of Fleischman Hillard was a active civic leader in St. Louis, and I called him cold, and he convinced me to go to New York. Uh, they were only in St. Louis at that time, and uh, try my uh, try myself out for a public relations position in New York, which turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life. And uh, I was with Harshi Rotman and Druck for 10 years and rose to number two in their New York office when that idea of being an entrepreneur kept beating at me and uh, decided one day I was going to take the uh, plunge. Wow. Well, um, we're, we're on behalf of everyone in, in the uh, profession of public relations, we're delighted that you chose our industry to, be, to play a role in because you have played a significant role. So tell us about your firm, okay? Uh, it's obviously enjoyed great success. Tell us about the Mikofsky culture. What culture have you installed into your organization that makes it stand out from others? I think we're somewhat of a thinker or intellectually oriented culture. Um, I believe strongly in candor, uh, serious but social in terms of networking with others within the firm, uh, celebratory in terms of building recognition systems that recognize people for the good work that they've done, uh, collaborative, I kind of sum it up by I want people to do the right thing, and usually that resonates well with people. And uh, as I said, one of the systems that we set up because I wanted the, the firm to be known for uh, high-quality work was something I called my quality commitment program, where we have, in a sense, it's a client satisfaction program, we have the account team and we have an independent auditor that the firm retains to talk to our clients independently a couple times a year. 
and then we get together once a month and peel the onion on that client. So that has the purpose of that is that we inculcate quality standard in the organization. And uh, dignity and forthrightness are the uh, hallmark of your style and personality. So how did this become part of the McCuskey culture? Well, really, I think the guy at the top sets the tone. And I don't believe in yelling, and I do believe in solving problems in a calm way. Hopefully, this dignity travels throughout the organization. Uh, we have a operating committee, which is made up of the practice leaders, the chief financial officer, and the human resources director. And that is a, a forum that meets every other week. That is a forum to uh, inculcate our goals and build the qualities that we think are really important in the organization. So, Ken, you have your your agency obviously has been around for a while, um, and you have gotten gone into a lot of different niches. Um, what do you think enables your firm to generate business and to succeed the way it has? Well, I think I have to go back to the very beginning because uh, I came up with the idea of specialization when I came from a uh, firm that was very much of a generalization, if I may use that word. Any account went, uh, I meant to say any account goes for anybody in the firm. The concept of specialization was going to be focused on key areas, and we weren't going to take any client, but we were going to only take clients that were focused in those particular areas, and those areas were technology, finance, uh, professional services, and health, and then we added energy into the mix. And so we what, look what for you, people. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, we look for people who have uh, significant backgrounds in those areas. So, what did you bring? What do you feel you brought to your firm that you hadn't encountered before in your previous jobs? You spent ten years with Harshi Rotman and Druck, which was one of the largest firms in the country at, during that time period. Um, you obviously, you know, had a great deal of experience before you started your own. Uh, so, what did you learn from these other firms that you felt uh, you could? say do better than perhaps was being done by them that you uh you know that and and uh skills and vision that you hadn't encountered before in your previous jobs well again i would go back to deeper specialization um for example we want our our health professionals to be almost like doctors we wanted our financial folks to be whizzes we took them from wall street we went to uh, places like uh, looking for people with backgrounds in uh, hospital, looking for people who had majored in biology, people who really didn't have to pull it off but really were the real thing, uh, understanding the most complex products. And that was another dimension. We promoted the fact that we were an organization that could turn the complex into simple and make it clear and understandable. A few years ago, we added innovation relations, 
which was a new leap for us, which is essentially leveraging design thinking from uh, and best practices uh, to co-create and prototype a company's innovation story. So those are all uh, examples of different ways that we stood out. You've received uh, many honors during your career, Ken. I read some. I read uh, some of them. I couldn't possibly read all of them, but uh, I think uh, what I described in terms of the honors you received gives our listeners a, a, good, a good idea of why you are as respected as you are. Um, which honors that you've received in your career do you cherish the most, and what do you consider your greatest achievements to be? I would say the John Hill Award for Distinguished Service from the New York chapter of PRSA was always something that I admired others for, and it was thrilling to be able to join the company of some of the industry luminaries that have received that award. So I was really pretty excited about that. And uh, the other one that – and there, all of them are, are you know, very flattering – but one of the ones that I also cherish a great deal is um, the Washington University Distinguished Alumni Award, uh, of which they choose four people a year from the university. And I was uh, really tickled pink about my selection here. And I didn't certainly did not even apply for it. They discovered uh, a lot of my activities and came to me, so I was pretty honored. Um, in terms of great achievements, you know, other than the building of the firm itself, I would say that the IPREX uh, organization, which is our international partnership of firms, which today is in 30 countries, and about 40 cities in the United States. And that started out with myself and two other people and uh, with a small organization in the U.S. And we have built it to a point today where it's multi-continental and we can service our clients almost anywhere in the world. Well, Ken, I, all I can tell you is that having been, you know, in a – uh, a network of uh, independent public relations firms myself when I had my my firm Lopes and Stevens um, IPREX is considered you know the the, the pinnacle if you will of uh, uh, of uh, networks and uh, its uh, reputation is uh, well known among all of us you know in the agency uh, industry so uh, you are to be commended you know for initiating what became a a major factor you know in in the services of public relations agencies um, why don't you explain to our listeners, you know, uh, what the benefits of being in such an organization uh, are? Uh, what, what do you feel the members get out of being in IPREX? There are many. Uh, one, uh, one of the foremost is the interaction between the members. We have meetings uh, on every continent, and <clears throat> we are – in discussion at these different meetings about different techniques um, and strategies that work the most effectively in our industry. A second, and not to be uh, diminished at all, is the new business uh, aspect of it. 
there's no question that Makovsky has gotten millions of dollars over the years in referrals from people that are in IPREX. There is a confidence that you build with your partner firms by attending the meetings. And you get to know these people so that when you need to make a referral in another country or another city, you know that you're going to get attention. And I've always had it as a philosophy that I will do anything that an IPREX member wants us to do because I always know there's an opportunity for a return. So if an IPREX member called me and asked me to go pick up a pamphlet at a uh, convention center on the other side of New York, I would do it. And we are always willing to accommodate them on billing rates and so forth to make it comfortable for the partner firm in terms of his or her partnership with the client. So those are just some of the advantages, but it's a great organization. It has great rapport, and uh, I, I love it. That's great, Ken. That's great. Um, um, turning to another subject, Ken, uh, the accounts you have uh, served over the years, uh, are there any uh, case studies of, of uh, uh, excellence and uh, uh, total success that you'd like to describe for our listeners for any of the accounts you've served, um, whether it's a crisis management, whether it's, you know, are there uh, accounts that you are particularly proud of? I know you're proud of all of them. Every agency uh, uh, CEO is, but uh, what examples of work you've done that you feel truly stand out? There are so many that it's hard to make a selection, but, several things come to mind. One is a client we have today called Hunt Military Communities, which is the largest builder of military homes in the United States. I believe they've built somewhere between 50 to 60,000 homes, and they have had problems with residents that um, are involved with uh, concerns about molding and so forth. And we've come up with a program that has been, so far, it's a relatively new client, but it's going extremely well, that is dealing with that issue and also building uh, the rapport of the management with the residents and also building a uh, cornucopia of the fabulous things that they do through publicity and other techniques. Harking back to uh, another uh, client that I feel very proud of was the work that we did with uh, Beechnut uh, many years ago when uh, there was a indictment of management for putting phony apple juice on the uh, market and we were involved in a development program that got the client to do it right with real ingredients, and we selected an infant nutritionist to be the new president so that there was nothing but cleanliness in terms and purity in terms of the product and the person who was talking about it being an infant nutritionist. 
and ultimately restored their market share. And then there was still another one which harks back to uh, Arshi Rotman and Druck that became a Mikofsky client after our non-compete was up was the uh, aerosol industry, which had ozone uh, cancer problems, if you remember. And that was a uh, one of the most uh, interesting and uh, successful campaigns that I was involved in in my career and ultimately enabled me to get involved in the public affairs side of uh, the business and uh, make for a new product and survival of that industry. And you've been, you've been uh, in and around public relations for many years. How has it changed in your view? Well, I think I would say the internet and the impact of the internet probably represents the biggest change in the industry as far as I'm concerned. It opened up countless channels for um, communications, enabling a diversity of content. Um, I think that has also spawned a convergence with um, marketing and advertising firms. And, you know, we are advocates, and I think the Internet or the digital side has brought on new challenges to the order of advocacy. And these challenges, in my opinion, include the following, fake news, stories that are printed to deceive, which is causing us to have to monitor the media more than ever. Something I call deep fakes, which are fakes on steroids, doing and saying things that are not being said or done, like putting words in Mr. Obama's mouth that he's not really talking about. Employees that are publicly challenging management that, um, and I think having a great effect. The privacy issue, you, as you know, in Europe, they have GDPR, which there's a lack of uh, regulations in the United States, but that is changing with certain states. And I think the, um, also in the challenges to the, what I call new order of advocacy are PR skills for the future that enable advocacy to have an impact. So I think that the technology skills of the practitioner are becoming more important. So what do you see your role uh, going forward in, in changing the industry or playing you know, a, a continuing meaningful role? Well, one of the things that uh, I forgot to mention on the last question, which is something that I have devoted considerable effort to, is measurement. Measurement has become more and more important. Measurement on the impact of what we do uh, and measurement by comparison to competitors. 
in terms of the product that we produce or the service we produce. And I think that um, through my being former co-chairman of the Institute for Public Relations, which is a leading research organization and currently a trustee, I've been able to make a contribution on that front. Um, those, uh, th that would be probably one of the key roles that I think I've played in, uh, in the or in the in the universe of the firm, of the universe of our business. All right, uh, turning to how public relations firms are structured and who owns them. Um, I guess you know, Ken, that I'm in the world of mergers and acquisitions after having spent a lifetime uh, on the agency side. So I wanted to ask you this question. What do you feel What do you feel will be the ideal corporate structure in public relations going forward? And I don't mean to put you on the spot, but is the, is the holding company model working, do you think? Are you talking about the structure on the corporate side, or are you talking about the structure on the agency side? The agency side. I look. I I like the. I think there's a couple of different structures that that can work. I think the structure that we have had of um, setting up practices that focus on specialties has worked very effectively. The change that I've seen in our practice is the uh, cross-service practice where, for example, technology could be part of finance, it could be part of health, it could be part of energy. So there's more and more collaboration between the practices today than we've ever had before. So that would be a... Uh, differing, uh, a different approach. A third one that I think can work is where it's employee-centered, where an employee, a particular employee with leadership skills builds a practice of different kinds of uh, organizations. Say the person might be in consumer health and anything that would float in that category would come under a particular person instead of doing it by group. So they would be shaped by the background of the individual and pitched accordingly. Okay. Um, getting to the term uh, uh, public relations itself, uh, Ken, do you see the term public relations remaining, or do you see new definitions, agency models, and uh, and skill sets? I am a big fan of the term public relations because, to me, it has always meant relations with publics, and that covers a broad range of um, approaches that you can use because that's what we do. We are advocates for a client's point of view with key publics. And it doesn't matter whether it's pre-internet or post-internet. The only difference is that perhaps it includes more skill sets than it did 10 years ago. So what, what do you think a PR agency will look like in 10 years? 
Well, I think that a PR agency will always keep client partnership and advocacy as a central tenet and core value. We absolutely see clear trends that we are advancing. First, the skill sets of our teams have broadened. All of our professionals are well-versed, of course, in traditional media, but today they're also well-versed in the social media channels and uh, promoting original content. As I said before, uh, this encourages a cross-medium integrated approach that allows us to focus on audiences, not outlets, and we always feel that we are audience first. Second, we see, as I mentioned before, a significant demand for measurement and analytics to prove ROI, but also to glean insights on audiences and how they respond to our efforts. And do you feel that the public relations profession gets the respect that it should? Um, you know, as we both know, very often the media uh, uh, uses derogatory terms in uh, covering the public relations industry, particularly those outside of the public relations industry. Um, do you think that uh, uh, it, that it is blatantly unfair for the media to do that and what, what do you think will be the ultimate result of what we need to do uh, to uh, achieve greater uh, respectability in the world of, uh, of uh, corporate culture and uh, the community at large? Well, I believe that public relations gets a lot more respect today than it ever had before. There's no question that we still see slurs about public relations in the media, although not as frequently, this is anecdotal evidence, as we used to see it. I once came to the conclusion that I feel that what we are doing, communications, is a sacred trust, regardless of whether we're communicating with one person or 1,000 or 1 million. We, and we not only communicate, but we persuade. We are advocates for our client's point of view. And coming from a legal background, as I do, where everybody deserves representation, I would say everybody deserves representation as long as it's an ethical uh, cause. And I think that this is true today. I think it will be true in the future. Uh, I think it's true always. So. People who don't see the sacred role of communications, which is what we are involved in, are missing out and need to be educated. I think particularly most major organizations have someone who is director of communications. 25, 30, 40 years ago, that was not the case. So as that continues to proliferate, I think the slurs against our field will diminish as they already have diminished, in my opinion. I don't know whether that answers your question, but that's how I see it. It does. It does, you know, very, very, very succinctly. Um, Ken, turning to another topic, uh, I wanted to ask you a few questions about yourself. Um, I wanted to get our listeners to know you a little better outside of the uh, the 
the, your position as CEO of one of the leading PR firms in the country. Uh, first of all, what do you consider your working style to be, and how has it changed over the years from, from what you've learned? Well, I would say it's been influenced by my legal background. I ask a lot of questions. Uh, I'm probing. Uh, I believe in candor, so direct to to the person is very important. Building consensus is something that I consider important. Uh, looking at things strategically. Some examples of what I think my working style to be. I really enjoy working with people, and one of the things that has always attracted me to this field is the opportunity to participate in creative and brainstorming sessions. I think very often they feel, as the firm has gotten um, more populated, that they think, well, the president doesn't have to do this. But the reality is, is that's one of the joys I get out of the, out of the business. So what are your hobbies, Ken? Um, when you're not at your desk and uh, working hard, as uh, I know you do, um, what do you like to do? How do you manage your time? What, 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 what's, what, what, what do you consider to be um, the uh, hobbies and uh, uh, avocations that you have that are separate and apart from day-to-day management of Makovsky? Well, I was a child actor in St. Louis, and at one point for many years thought that was the field I was going to go into. So I am very interested in theater, um, movies. Um, My wife and I do quite a bit. I would say we usually see at least one or two theatrical performances, either Broadway or off-Broadway, per month. Travel is something I thoroughly enjoy. I've, my wife and I have traveled broadly many times, and most of the time that are uh, independent travel, not related to business, but sometimes we've attached more travel onto a business opportunity that I've had, particularly when it's involved going abroad. And actually, I have to say uh, my work, and writing, I enjoy it. So maybe it's weird to say that your work is also one of your hobbies, but I would say that's true for me. <laughs> okay. Um, Ken, um, what is your view on where the, U- the uh, U.S. is currently? Um, you know, we're going through some very interesting times, uh, to say the least. Do you have any views on that subject? Well, I do. I mean, I think the U.S. is clearly divided right now. And uh, the 2020 election, based on what we're seeing, is highly unlikely to heal those divisions. In fact, they may uh, stress them even more. Uh, The emergence of a highly partisan media concerns me. As I said before, fake news is a disruption to orderly advocacy, same with alternative facts. They make our role much more important. Our clients are often involved in sensitive situations and sometimes I think are affected by this division. They expect us to help out through the noise with 
compelling and honest positioning without triggering the sort of divisive or negative coverage that can really damage a firm's reputation. I think it's a tough challenge that we navigate every day. Which means that the role of public relations is even more vital. That's how I see it. And uh, and that's one of the reasons, based on what we were talking uh, about before, that I feel that public relations is going to rise in importance and recognition because of the environment that we live in. Ken, what advice would you give to PR agency owners today, um, particularly the newer ones, uh, people starting their own agencies as you did and I did and other uh, others of our uh, uh, peers have done, um, what would you say to them? Well, some of these are fundamental points, but I feel you need to trust your instincts. I feel you need to expect the unexpected, you need to operate with integrity and authenticity, and I think you need to recognize the internet for what it is that it can, while it can offer many advantages, it also can foster an erosion of trust among many people uh, and the brands that they use, which increases the importance of our business with regard to integrity and authenticity. I also feel that you have to be ready. If you start your own firm, it's a life. And it's a 24-7 undertaking. You have to be prepared for that if you're going to be successful. And I remember when I started Mikofsky alone without clients that uh, I, real, I was working six and a half days a week. And that went on for pretty much the first three years. So I think you have to be a very committed hard worker. I think you have to be passionate about what you're doing because if you're not, uh, it's very hard to put it over the line. Amen to that, Ken. Amen. So how long do you uh, plan to continue working, Ken? I have no particular desire to retire. I will take um, Harold Burson as a role model. (laughs) You did know Harold, I know, didn't you? Actually, I didn't really know him. I didn't really know him well. I think we we certainly knew of each other, and uh, I met him uh, several times when he was a speaker at different organizations that I was part of, but uh, I never had the good fortune to sit down and spend a couple hours chatting with him. And uh, it's time for our very final question. This has been a wonderful conversation, and uh, I thank you for that, and I know our listeners will also. Um, So my final question to you, given uh, all that you have uh, shared with us today regarding your views on uh, how agencies are run, why your firm is successful, uh, some viewpoints on uh, the role of public relations in contemporary life, my final question to you is how how do you want to be remembered, Ken? 
I think I'd like to be remembered as a caring professional dedicated to communicating and advocating on behalf of clients and someone who is ethical and has led a life that has created fair opportunities for people, regardless of whether employees, friends, family. Well, on that note, Ken Mikofsky, my friend, uh, you are truly a PR master. And on behalf of our listeners, I thank you for joining us today and sharing your views with us. And thank you all for tuning into another of the Stevens Group PR Masters podcast series. Until next time, I'm Art Stevens, wishing you all the very best. Thank you, Art.